is something to remember. The one who plants only a little will gather only a little, and the one who plants a lot will gather a lot. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. You shouldn't give if you don't want to. You, sh oh. you shouldn't give because you were forced to. God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to shower all kinds of blessings on you. So in all things and at all times, you will have everything you need. You will do more and more good works. It is written, they have spread their gifts around to poor people. Their good work continues forever. God supplies seed for the person who plants. He supplies bread for food. God will also supply and increase the amount of your seed. He will increase the results of your good works. You will be made rich in every way. Then you can always give freely. We will take your many gifts to people who need them, and they will give thanks to God. Your gifts meet the needs of the Lord's people, and that's not all. Your gifts also cause many people to thank God. You have shown yourselves to be worthy by what you have given, so others will praise God because you obey him. That proves you really believe the good news about Christ. They will also praise God because you share freely with them and everyone else. Their hearts will be filled with love for you when they pray for you. God has given you grace that is better than anything. Let us give thanks to God for his gift. It is so great that no one can tell how wonderful it really is. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I can't quite convey in words how much joy it brings my heart to see the gems, the girls in the pulpit. I cannot even convey to you just how joy-filled I am right now. And that I get to follow them by also speaking from the pulpit. So people of God, this morning we are exploring the gems theme. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 15. And if that translation sounded just a little different from what you have in your pew Bible, that would be because it was from the New International Reader's Version. So it's our NIV, um, but just for a grade four um, reading level. So diving into the gems theme, be a blessing. It was only just a couple years ago, okay, maybe a few years ago, that it seemed like everyone everywhere was suddenly very pious and very, very excited about how much God was blessing them. At least if you paid any attention to the popularity of the hashtag blessed. Got a big promotion this week at work, hashtag blessed. Vacationing in the tropics in February, hashtag blessed. I just love that new car smell, hashtag blessed. Or the lead in the play got super sick, so I'm stepping up, hashtag blessed. Not so nice for the other person. I don't know what their hashtag would have been. 
from Kim Kardashian and Kanye West using the hashtag to describe them vacationing in their glorious summer cottage, to the random person walking through the grocery store using the hashtag to describe having strawberries, buy one, get one free. It seemed that God was really busy giving everyone what they wanted. At least everyone on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And as these things usually go, they all have a cycle, there was a pretty big backlash on the use of blessed um, in, in these kinds of ways. Using this holy term um, for all of uh, these um, <clears throat> moments in people's lives. One comedian joined in and said, caught a piece of bacon before it fell and hit the floor out of my sandwich, hashtag blessed. I don't think that people all of a sudden got particularly religious on social media. Describing yourself as blessed on Twitter or Instagram, it was kind of the equivalent of, look how lucky I am, with an extra emphasis on the look at me part of that equation. Describing yourself as blessed was another way to brag about what you had, while also somewhat kind of sounding humble. If Kim Kardashian can sound humble sitting in a chair in front of her giant summer cottage, I'm not so sure. But for those of us who are actually religious, we're not really immune from some of that thinking. I'm sure, actually, um, <clears throat> a few of us have perhaps used that hashtag. And maybe we meant it in a truly grateful way, and maybe we're kind of joining the crowd in a bit of a humble brag. But we're not immune from the kind of thinking that soared that hashtag into popularity. We tend to associate what we have as evidence of God's blessing on us. We do. The more we have, the more blessed we are, right? But that, that kind of thinking, it has a dark inverse. It has a shadow side. Because for those of us, for those who don't have the same stuff, well, maybe God just hasn't blessed them as much as they've blessed me. Maybe they don't deserve it as much as I do. And we can begin to see another's lack of blessings as God's judgment on them rather than an invitation to serve, to give, to bless. Our portion of scripture this morning, um, read by the gems, includes their theme verse. And in this portion of scripture, it drops us in at the end of a conversation. We're, we're kind of joining Paul's thought right as he gets near the end of it. 
Paul is right at the end of making a case with the Corinthian church for their contribution to a special collection, an offering taken up by the local churches for the congregation in Jerusalem. The Jerusalem congregation had fallen on hard times. They're buckling under persecution. There's financial strains that come along with that. And so Paul is writing to the churches that he's started, rallying them to take up a special collection for this this congregation in, in Jerusalem. And it seems, from Paul's letter to the Corinthians, that they're not doing so bad financially or otherwise. But it still takes Paul a good chunk of his letter to set up why they should be supporting the Jerusalem church. He spills a lot of ink, framing not only his expectation that they should give generously, but setting up that it's God's expectation that they give generously. Paul, outside of our portion, earlier in chapter 8, the part that we didn't read, Paul, Paul actually kind of shames the Corinthian church a little bit. He, he holds up the example of another congregation in Macedonia. It's a less well-off congregation whose extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. And he points to them, he points the Corinthians to this less well-off church who gave out of their poverty, kind of saying in a nudge way, you know, if that congregation can give out of their poverty, why in the world can't you, Corinthians, give out of your abundance? Paul could be kind of sneaky that way. A little uncomfortable. A little pointed. And here in this portion that the gems bring us to today, Paul weaves together themes of grace and gift, generosity and gratitude, good works and blessings. And the heart of this part of his letter can be summarized by the gem's theme, found in verse 8. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. God is able to bless you abundantly. It sounds pretty great. And in that way, the, the Corinthians can be excused for an overuse of the hashtag blessed in their Instagram posts. It appeared that God had indeed blessed them abundantly. More so, at least, than the church over there in Jerusalem. The Corinthians aren't needy. They're not looking for a handout. No one's taking a special collection for them. They're blessed. They're blessed. 
But being a blessing doesn't end with us. So that in all things, and at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Paul grounds the Corinthians' blessing in gratitude and relationship. Or as the gems have taught us this morning, in looking up and in reaching out. In gratitude and in relationship. All that the Corinthian church, Paul reminds them, all that they have is a gift of grace. Their breath, their lives, their salvation, their hope, their mercy, their joy, pure gift. All of it undeserved. All of it unearned. They weren't blessed because they were better. They weren't blessed because they deserved it more. They were blessed so that they could live out that gift of grace and bless others. They were blessed to be a blessing. They were given so that they could give. Blessings are not about what we have. They're not only about what we have, but about whose we are and who we are for one another. Last week, we journeyed toward the cross. We rejoiced in the empty tomb, and we remembered together as the people of God the gift of death and life given to us in Jesus Christ. A gift of grace and mercy that fundamentally reorients us to God and to each other. A gift of love and life that reminds us that we serve a God of abundance, of blessing, of extravagant generosity, a gift of power and sacrifice that changes, that challenges how we live and how we give. And having received this indescribable gift, as Paul calls it, we do not hoard, we do not brag, we do not judge. Having received this indescribable gift, we are called to trust and to give and to serve and to bless. I'm not the expert here. The gems are. They have been traveling with this portion of scripture all year studying it, living into it, seeing their lives through the lens of this verse. 
And so they were kind enough to let me pick their brains a little bit uh, to hear about what this looks like in their lives. So at one of their earlier practices um, for this Sunday morning, I asked them to share on a little purple slip of paper um, how they look up and how they reach out. Looking up, the girls thanked God for so many beautiful blessings. Good friends, BFFs, brothers and sisters made the list, as did many of you parents, by the way, be encouraged by that. They were thankful for mouths to eat, for ears to hear, for arms to wave, for food and water for nature and hiking trails, for new places to explore, for pets, for cats, and for the joy of having a dog named Summer. And for gems, for the leaders, for the other girls, for its place in their lives. It was beautiful to read those, to see them, to witness them, to enjoy them. And then reaching out, the girls abounded in good works in so many ways. As adults, we tend to go big, but I loved that the gems reminded us of the small gesture. So here's just a few of the things they shared. How do they reach out? How do they bless others? Doing little things, one wrote like helping another student with math, or buying a chocolate milk for someone who wanted it. Another girl organized a food drive for Ray of Hope. Another wrote about being attentive and kind to others. There was another one, a girl after my own heart, who said, putting dishes in the dishwasher. giving a friend a flower to make her happy, reading to my sister, doing the laundry. I won't share who that was in case, <clears throat> we'll, we'll protect that because I don't know what magic uh, formula that those parents have, but that's awesome. Doing the laundry. Inviting people to play with me. Hospitality. Helping someone when they're stuck on a hard question. Giving a hug when someone needed it. Sharing my lunch with a classmate when they didn't have one. And several mentioned the blessing project that the GEMS did together, where they assembled together blessing bags and of essentials of toothpaste and deodorant and socks and and kept them in their cars so as they were driving around town and saw someone that looked like they might have need of it, they were ready to hand something tangible, to bless those they see with a gift bag of things they may need. What I noticed, girls, woven into your answers, I saw acts of service, of kindness, acts of hospitality, of compassion, 
acts of love and empathy, where you had to see the need of the other person before you could even act on it. And I think your leaders can join me in saying that we see the way that you live this out, the way that you love your family, your brothers and sisters, even when it's not easy, your BFFs, people outside of your social circles that might be a little bit harder to love. We see you love Jesus, and we witness how you try to love like Jesus. And we are thankful for that. As your family, as your church, your friends, your leaders, your parents, your family, we are thankful for the ways that you love Jesus and try to love like him. We can learn, people of God. So Gems, may you continue to abound in good works, knowing and trusting that our God is a God of generosity and blessing, who loves you each so very much and delights when you reach out to help others. And people of God, may you follow the example of our gems, looking up with gratitude for the gifts that God has given you so that you can reach out in small ways and big ways in ordinary ways and extraordinary ones, to give, to serve, to bless. May God bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Amen. Amen. Please pray with me. Our generous God, we gather in this place because of the gift of your Son, the one in whom we know and understand your love, your comfort, your grace to all of us. As we try to love like you, in small ways and big ways, we ask that you bless our good works, bless our efforts, and even our failures, as we try more and more to live, to love, like your son Jesus. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen.